0: 25, we've made it so far. (laughs) I'm Naomi, your host. We get to speak to, uh, I can't believe I got this interview. I really can't. And I'm so excited because these guys are super intelligent, funny, interesting, and they have brand new music out. You all know I'm too sexy for my car, too sexy for my car, too sexy by far. Right, said Fred on the show today. What a privilege to speak with these guys. So, you know... It's been a shitty year, but this kind of like made a lot of things better. I tell you, (laughs) it was pretty cool, man. So excited. I want you guys to know that they have a brand new EP out and we're going to share some of the tracks from that EP. Make sure you download it. You can stream it out on the uh, streaming services. Stream it out. Who says that? Uh, maybe someone in their 40s who doesn't know how to talk. Um, So you can totally check out the, uh, the brand new EP from Right Said Fred called Good Times Everybody. It literally got released on June 29th. And here we are two days later. We're going to share some of the brand new Right Said Fred tracks with you. And of course, some of the old ones as well. Let's have a good time with the boys. Here's a little background information on Right Said Fred. Wikipedia, Wikipedia moments. You're listening to a track that has really stood the test of time. So many generations, boomers, millennials, oh wait, Gen X, don't forget them, or the Xennials, and Gen Z. You all know this song. You sang it at karaoke, it still gets done at karaoke quite a bit. And you know what? It's really, really popular to this day. One of the big reasons why Right Said Fred had a major impact on the 90s right side fred are a london-based english band formed by brothers fred and richard fairbrass in 1989. their achievements include number one hits in 70 countries including one u.s number one one uk number one and a number one in japan they were the first band to reach the number one slot in the u.s with a debut single since the beatles they have performed for queen elizabeth nelson mandela and at the Filmfare awards and subsequently released a track for comic relief As multi-platinum award-winning artists and songwriters, their global sales total 30 million and over 100 million plays on Spotify. They have writing credits on Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do and Sophie Tucker's Bad Shit. Their music has been featured in over 50 films and TV shows and in excess of 100 commercials. The band have performed with Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger, and David Bowie. they won two consecutive BMI awards in 2018 and 2019. And in 1993, they were nominated for Best British Group at the prestigious Brit Awards. Fred and Richard are two of the few songwriters to have two songs included in the PRS Century of Songbook. It's time to welcome some 90s royalty to the show. Richard and Fred Fairbrass, welcome. Who's the funny
1: little man down here?
0: Oh, down here? Yeah. Oh, let me show oh, you. There's, there's two of them, actually.
2: Oh. <laughs> but <Well>, that's <laughs> slash, no.
0: No, you're no, you're getting warm. I don't know. Take a look. Oh, Jimmy Page. Not quite.
1: Oh, I know Bon Jovi. You got it. Yeah. Uh, as as the other guy, Sambora.
0: It is Sambora, so.
1: Okay. You can always tell Bon Jovi by the hair. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I love my little knickknacks. My action yeah. figures. <laughs> So, thank you, gentlemen, for spending some time with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Richard and Fred. And yeah. I wanted to thank you for putting out music right now to make the world brighter in a dark time. Because I'm very excited you have a new EP coming out called Good Times, Everybody.
2: Yes, yes, we, right. do. yes yeah. we do. Yes, yeah, we do. Uh, we kind of felt... We had the Good Times, Everybody, we had floating around for a while, the, the song. And we weren't really sure how to deliver it. And then uh, during the lockdown, I've been stuck in the UK because my wife is in Barcelona, but I can't go back. Oh. So we, we we put up. We thought we'd be creative and use the time effectively. So um, and we wanted to cheer ourselves up. So that's, that's yeah. so that that's the point of that track. Also, yeah. we um, when we look through all the old
1: footage of gigs, yeah, you look for the video. You, you forget really quickly how fantastic it is when a whole bunch of people are in a field together having a good time and. Uh, we forget that stuff too easily and Mm -hmm. so we just thought it would be a good reminder that this is what normal life is like this is not to be cherished what's going on right now yeah
0: that's exactly what we need to hear again because you can get really bogged down in the negative so
1: yeah yes you can yes it's too easy it's too easy yeah
0: have you started putting the ep together before and the covid pandemic or was it like something like were you thinking of doing new music already before this yes.
2: we, we were thinking of doing this last year then we got involved in a in a project with universal europe and that sort of distracted us um yeah, and, 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 not, and good way. not and not in a good way, in a good way. um so yeah. yeah so um which is why we avoid major labels um as, as much as we can so once that once that um, project finished we got uh, we decided and then um it, it, we sort of had the tracks ready and the only one we had to finish was Good Times Everybody. We just needed, to, we needed a rewrite, so we just were rewriting. Tide, <coughs> Tide is the second track. We've had that finished for about a year. Yeah. And um, Lap Dance Junkie is, a, is, a, is the acoustic version of a song from an album f- called Fred Head. That was a big, big album for us in Europe in 2001.
1: And we, we did it as a acoustic track because we just, we really liked the song. Yes. Yeah. And I think Fred did a really good job on the lyrics. On that particular song, yes. um, oh, yeah. I'm not saying all the other lyrics are rubbish. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that that particular song worked well. Um, so yeah. So so we've been, we, we, we tend to write all the time, and we, we don't, uh, you know, you have to keep moving and uh, coming up with new ideas, and that's that's what keeps you going, particularly in a, in a period like this. Yeah. Where you read the news too much, it's so depressing. Right. Um, it's better just to, so we sort of, we sort of you know, wallow in music mm. a little bit, I think.
2: Also, "I'm Too Sexy" has dominated our, 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 our career. Who wrote that? So, and as much never as heard it our, before. never
0: uh, heard
2: it before. <laughs> as much as we love that song, it is it is just so overbearing sometimes. Yeah. Um And uh, yeah, we get labelled the one-hit wonder, even where, even in territories where we've had multiple hits and multiple uh, hits with albums, we still get we still get labelled one-hit wonder. Irrespective, people just like people just like to use that term. And um, so, so we we try and put out content whenever we can, just just to try and back balance things up a bit. But it's a it's a hard task. I've got to tell you, people do say, yeah. yeah. write it. Yeah, can you play? Can you play? <laughs> do you know, they do honestly. Yeah, that's,
0: that's the thing, though. It's like making music is an international thing. I mean, just because a song's big in one country or. 50 countries doesn't mean that you didn't have like 10 more hits in other places.
2: That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. people think locally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, well, that's, which is the, which is, the, that, that's up to them really. But you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than ever now it's global uh, because, of, because of, you know, you put oh, it you know, like this, you put something out on YouTube. It's not, it's not territory by territory. It is, glo- it's, a, it's a global platform. So yeah. that doesn't really, that doesn't really apply anymore unless someone just is a one-hit wonder globally then, and that does happen yeah so we're, we're with the ep i mean we we sort of uh, like i said we, we got sidetracked by universal last year and um so that's why this out this year and also we've got <coughs> because we 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 do get asked to sign to major labels fairly regularly because of our back catalog <coughs> and we refuse to do that so the way we try and counter that is by putting out product putting out yeah, you know, putting out songs because um those for us as a small independent band all we need is one of those songs to you know, um to be picked up in a commercial a movie a game so for us a hit record is not a song in the charts it's a song that pays for itself mm. it's a song that if a song to record a song if it's let sound say three thousand three thousand dollars as an example uh if that song is then sold to a car um, for, for a car advert, they pay us 10,000. Yeah. For so for us, that is a hit record. So, so the idea of being in the charts for us, um, we don't, we, with this EP, we're not even playing, uh, paying pluggers, we're not, we're not doing that. Because uh, radio, certainly in the UK, radio will not support us. Well also, you know,
1: mm-hmm. also the, um, if you free yourself up from all the other people, that, whether it's pluggers or, or record companies or whatever it is, if you free yourself up from all that, <clears throat> Excuse me. You can please yourself as to what you record. Yeah, you can. So what yeah. we have tried to do with this EP is to continue constantly think. What do we want to do? Because we've we've been in the habit of thinking what do other people want us to do, but actually the important thing is what do we want to do? How yeah. do we want to sound? If a track if a track is going to be ten minutes long, then
0: that's that's as long as it's going to be. I'm so glad you said that because I, that's yeah. a lot about artist integrity too. Is that you're putting out music that you believe in. Yeah. That means your fans will believe in it too. It's important to do that. It is, yeah, yes. And, and
2: I, I think um, I, I think well, yeah, when, when you're at the end of your, when you're sitting in bed at the end of your life or whatever, and you look back, you won't be thinking, "Oh, I wish we'd done just one more TV show," or uh, but you might think, "I wish we'd recorded that song," or "We've done that." And, uh, and 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 from our point of view, that's how we see this. So we just we like we like writing, we like recording. Everything's in house. Rich and I. Um, I, I play all the guitars. Richard plays bass, but sometimes we get a bass player in. Yeah. So, but mo- we we can do most of it with the help of, a, um, of an engineer. We work with. So, yeah. so we t- we tend to be are fairly self-contained, and, uh, and and we like that. We don't so uh, we don't um, you know working with Universal last year we were just so miserable, and you know and they go oh, we don't like that guitar sound and and, they, and it's probably not a guitar sound. It's probably a synth or something, you know, and so you it's um it, it just did our heads in and we just like. We, we accept walking away from major labels, you get marginalised. We do accept that. Um, and that's, that, that's the price you pay, but we, we, we're happy to pay that price. Also, some of you were saying, I
1: don't know who said this, <coughs> the system was sort of turned around on its head. In the very, very early days, the artist would make music and some guy would come along and say, I'll see, I'll, I reckon I can sell that. Mm. that. That was the relationship. Now the relationship is the other way around. The, the business guy is looking to the artist and saying to the artist, can you make stuff that I can sell? Oh, That's yeah. a different relationship.
2: Yeah, a complete different a dynamic. dynamic.
1: Different yeah. dynamic. Mm-hmm. In the same way as the talent shows on the TV, the reason talent shows rarely produce anything even remotely interesting is because the audience is following the singer or the performer. What, um, the, rather, the, yeah, they're, they're, they're following the singer. Oh, sorry, it's the other way around. The, the audience determines what the singer does. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the singer's not out front leading the charge. It's or the performer. It's the other way around. It's the audience voting for the singer. So the singer has to keep the audience happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you won't get, you know, you won't get Lou Reed coming out of that area. You won't get, you know, the, you know the, Talking Heads, uh, Talkin
2: or Velvet Underground, or Craftwork, Craftwork. <laughs> you know, it's,
0: no, not, it, no innovation,
2: just, no innovation. No, because it's controlled by the judges. The judges know what they want to sell. It's it, the, the dynamic is all upside down, but um, yeah, so, so we're, we're, we're um, so sadly we can't promote these this EP with shows, so um, <coughs> we're not going to do any virtual shows because we've, we've watched some other people do virtual shows, horrible. I think, I think they're miserable, <laughs> and I think they're absolutely horrible. And um, and it doesn't matter, I've watched the Stones, I love the Rolling Stones, but I thought, thought the virtual show just sucked. Mm. And um, yeah, as much as I love them, it's it, it lets you have that relationship with the audience. Um, it's a, it's a give and take, you know, when you're doing it virtually, it just, I mean, yeah, they did their best and good for them, but I, I it's not, it's not for us. Also, I, I kind of think we mustn't get into the habit of thinking that's okay.
0: Or that's normal. That's normal. It's, normal. Not. Yeah. it's not. No, yeah, it stinks. It's, it's, you
1: know, you hear this expression, the new normal. It's not, there's no such thing. It's there's normal. It's abnormal. That's it.
0: There's something so missing when there's no interaction with an actual audience yeah, really, yes, like, exactly, like, yes. for the artists too like being on stage that can't feel right
2: exactly yeah, it's like a dry hump yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: just, exactly. it's, we, were, we were watching um there's some footage of the beach boys in 1982 i think on july the 4th there's obviously a big july 4th party thing and um it's just so cool. They're doing "Help Me Rhonda," and uh, and Fantastic. it's absolutely brilliant. It's a sunny day. The band ruled in some. Some of them, I mean, they're the only band that can wear yellow shorts and get away with it. It's true. Yeah, those Bam. And the audience are having an absolute blast, and it's really, really nice to see. Great really, song. really good.
2: Ringo's on drums. Ringo's
1: on drums. Yeah, yeah very good. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess I I was had a couple of questions about the songs too. Um, right. I like the song Good Times Everybody and it has yeah. the essence of what you guys are throughout it while still having the feel of a modern pop music as well. That's what yes. I got out of it. Yes. Yeah. So, so who did you work with on this track? Was, was anybody else brought in for that one?
2: Nope. No, I had the guitar riff. The da, 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 da. I had that sitting around for a while. Mm. <laughs> we were um, playing around with some chord progressions. We came up with this little four chord turnaround that we liked um, and the lyric is a lyric is about a, a lyric originally was sort of about the whole brec- Brexit thing in the UK because really? it, yeah because it divided the country it was just it was just horrible whether you voted Leave or Remain it's irrelevant it's just it's just, the, the animosity with it in the UK was miserable so um, and then this lockdown happened so we 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 wrote the song and put together a little tagline which is the <coughs> excuse me <coughs> good times everybody mm-hmm. and um, and so we, so we, yeah we, we, uh, we, um, we had a girl called Cat Deal she came in and did some backing vocals Gary on bass Gary Crockett played bass yeah um, then Richard and I I played all the guitars Richard and I did the rest Richard did the lead vocal and the drum we, we tend to co-produce it with the engineer we work with mm-hmm. so uh, and we use reference tracks so we'll yeah we'll go and listen to a bit of Robin Schultz or or maybe Calvin Harris, or yeah. um, sort of sort of fall on the floor stuff we like, oh. um, or, or, and chain smokers bands like that. So we'll listen to them in terms of production, um, and think we'll nick that, or you know, we like that, we'll copy that on um, little production ideas. Um, but the writing and everything else is just us.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Also, I think musicians, or at least I don't
1: know whether it's true of every musician, but it's true of us. We tend to assume that everybody knows more than we do, right? So. We, we find ourselves thinking, oh, I tell you, we must get a bass player in for that, we need a drummer in for that, we need a... but actually 90% of the time, we can do most of it ourselves. Can't we can't play drums. <laughs> but no, We can't play drums. We can't play, that's one thing we can't do. But, um, but I think we, 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 I think probably, maybe it's our history, we've just got used to the idea of delegating, and the less we delegate, the better, I think, overall.
2: Yeah, I think also it comes from when, when the band first kicked off, of sexy just went bonkers everywhere
1: mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> we were trying to record an album uh, the first album and, and and promote the song so you end up deferring because it's a physical impossibility you to be to. to be touring the world and record the album mm-hmm. which is why so many re- record labels like projects they like boy bands and girl rap bands because they can send them off and, s- and sell the music and the All music right. is made without the artist basically uh, uh, yeah, not always, but sometimes. It's sort of like the fifties thing. That's how it was the fifties. Yeah, but some artists. With yeah, some artists. You know, you had the writers and you had the performers. You know? So, so, with, so, what we, what we, um, we got caught up in that. So, ever since sort of the late nineties, early two thousands, we, we, we tend to take control of the writing, and and to a degree, some of the production. And, and now it's uh, uh, now we are in control one hundred percent. So, if it sucks, it's our fault. If it's good, it's our fault. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> <coughs> you know.
0: Taking so, uh, full responsibility. I like yeah, that. We, we do, yeah. yeah. And, and also,
2: we've, 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 um, we've got, uh, we have our own little record label. Sorry, my <coughs> coughing. You've uh, got the Yeah, shut Uh-oh. up. Uh, yeah, so, so um, we, we, have, we, we are our own publishing label and record label. And we work with a company called um, Phoenix in the UK. And they control everything digital for us. And they're very supportive. Um, and so we just we, we, we like to we kind of just like we had to make the decision do we carry on with the celebrity do we go with the majors because you know, carry on with the celebrity lifestyle or do we just dial it back and do what we want to do mm-hmm. so we had to dial it back and do what we want to yeah. do uh, and I don't mean the music so much because I, I love I'm too sexy and don't talk just kiss and I love those early songs but the way we sold them and the way we were sort of uh, not manipulated that's a bit unfair but the way we did the whole celebrity thing. No, it was happening. Um, we right. just, you know, I mean, now we, and Richard still gets offered a lot of TV, and it's all cookery shows and quizzes and all that Holiday. stuff. And we just say no because yeah. it, I think, I, I just think it stinks. Yeah, yeah. It.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, some people just need to be on TV or they need to be in front of a camera. Yeah, they anything, like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and good luck to them. It's just not something that I'm wildly mm-hmm. bothered with. I mean, if one, people want to take photos of the show. Or in the studio, that's absolutely fine. I'm cool yeah. with that. But I'm not so desperate to get in front of a camera that I'll do a do a kind of t- TV pr- stuff that I don't really. There's one. I mean, there's one or two things I've wanted to do. Um, we did John Oliver. We did John Oliver because um, that was fun, and that was fun. Yeah. And we still get <laughs> what was funny about that was well, the reason we did it was because um, some of our songs were on Bashir Assad's um, iPod, right? Mm. And. Um, so we went over there and did this thing, and we still get Syrian rebels writing to us saying, "Thank, you, saying
2: thank, thank you, thank you." Yeah, so we have these photos of Syrian rebels <laughs> holding up, <I'm> too, <laughs> holding up posters <laughs> of "Right So Fred," saying, "Thanks very much." Yeah. It's really, so I get all these pictures from people sitting in rubble. <laughs> and wow! Oh,
0: yeah, it, it's
2: absolutely mad. Yeah. And I, I get a regular message from Sky. I can't even pronounce his name, and he says, "When we're fighting, your music gives us more power." It's like, well, who would have thought that? Yeah. You know, so but, we're not doing Bashir sad um, Christmas party? No, we're not. No no, no. No, no. no,
0: no. We won't be
2: doing that. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everybody knows that there's trouble ahead. We hope it's getting better this time. Everybody knows some things have been said. We hope it's getting better this time. Hope it's getting better this time. Ay, 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 ay. We hope it's getting better.
0: Better this time. The track Lap Dance Junkie, which we were yeah. obviously discussing earlier. Yeah. Uh, my my favorite lyric is definitely the loving you is mentally exhausting. <laughs> we've all been there.
1: Yes, <laughs> right. yes exactly.
2: Yes. Well, so. well, what, I, um, when the band, we had a sort of a dip at the end of the 90s where we didn't work and we didn't do anything. And I was I was basically just um Drinking too much, self-medicating. And self-medicating, yeah, drinking too much. <laughs> and I spend a lot of time in strip bars, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also on the road, where we're touring, we do, because you come out, if you're in a little town, and, you, and you're, off, you're, you're off stage at, let's say, 10.30 or 11. By the time you get back to the hotel, everything's shut. Mm. You can guarantee if there's a strip bar in the area, be they'll be open. So you, so, so we actually found ourselves in strip bars quite a lot, although I'm not a big fan of them. What's cr- great, we sit and have a drink, the music is actually sometimes really good because it's quite often rock sort of, you know, um, or, or some, some good early sort disco. of early disco. Yeah. So, um, and, and, you, and you just people watch. You watch these people who, and particularly a, a, a lap dancing bar I went to quite a lot. There was one guy there, his girlfriend worked there, and he would sit there like, seven hours watching it it's bizarre and um, so the song's about that the song is about the addiction that some people have to you know the girls dancing they think they're in a relationship um and so it, yeah so that's that, that the, the song came from that from yeah. us me and us spending quite a lot of time in strip bars yeah. yeah
0: what a great idea to take that that experience that you saw from your point of view and write
2: about it. I love that. Yeah, I, I actually had quite a lot of affection for those times. We, I, I met some. Some of the girls were fantastic, and what some were, you know, <laughs> some were bonkers, and some were, you know, drug addicts. And others were, yeah. you know, others were just single mums trying to make things work, you know. And um, some were really smart, and some weren't so smart. The same with every, same every walk in life. And I just found the whole thing really that the the culture of it was really interesting. And um, um, so that song came out of us going to those bars and meeting the girls, and particularly watching the, the, the punters, watching the, watching the guys, mm. and some of them really thought they were in a relationship with these, these girls. It was one just, girl
1: I seem mm-hmm. to remember you telling me was the nurse.
2: No, yeah, I, I actually went out with this. I went out with one, one girl, and uh, she was a nurse in the UK, and she used her nurse's uniform at the strip bar. So, so she would arrive. She'd leave. She would leave hospital, and she worked in A and E in the emergency. She would leave the hospital, in her she had this white thing, and um, I think they've changed now to blue scrubs. But anyway, this was going back twenty yeah. years, and um, she would go directly to the strip bar, and she would use. She'd walk, walk in in her nurse's uniform, and and dance in that for the first for her first set. Yeah, that's
0: Which is so, so authentic. I just love
2: <laughs> it. No, it is, isn't it? It's is yeah. completely authentic. Yeah, because she was, a, she was a single mum. Um, she lived with her, her mum, so her mum looked after her daughter, and um, she was trying to get out of this cycle, and so and wanted to uh, get out of renting. So she, I think she did stripping for two years, got enough money for a deposit on a flat, and then stopped it. So, you know, quite yeah. sound economics, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it helped a lot of people go to school, you yeah. know, <laughs> absolutely and, right. and set up their future. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Go yeah, for exactly.
0: it if you feel yeah. comfortable doing it. Do it. That's Finally. Yeah. Well, exactly
2: right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Many years ago, we,
1: um, when the band first broke, we went to a bar in Amsterdam with our record company representative at the time, and uh, she got drunk, or tiddly, or whatever, and she ended up. Do you remember? Yeah, she was yeah. dancing on the bar,
2: and taking all the clothes off. She took off. all of her clothes <laughs> and she got up at the bar. Bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. So there you Very go.
1: Funny.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> mm. One, two, three.
1: Would you like a little company? What's the first thing she said to me? A baby darling kitten heel Gives a look knowing how it feels So oh, baby do it one more time This lap dance junkie spending his last dime It ain't no joke but I think that I'm broke Loving you is mentally exhausting
0: is it is it easier or more difficult to share your musical success with your sibling rather than a regular band?
2: Um, for, for us, it's quite easy. I mean, we do we have disagreements quite regularly, but um, nothing nothing major. We don't let it get in the way of uh, family. Um, so, and, it, and it's the most natural thing. We, we first went out on the road when we were 18, 19. And um, it, I, I don't, I, I, until we have these conversations, I don't really think about it, to be honest, really. No. Uh, it's just very natural for us to do it, to do it like this. The, o-
1: the only downside, creatively, is that sometimes it's nice to have a third person in the room. Because that third person will say, that's rubbish.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. You
1: know what I mean? It's, it's a bit like Paul McCartney when he was working with Danny, um, what are the guy's name was now. Um, but if you're working with Paul McCartney, oh, unless you're close to him, you're not going to have the nuts to Danny Lane. Denny Lane. You're not going to have the nuts to say, Paul, that is actually a rubbish idea. Yeah. You know, some, you know what I mean? So when he works on his own, I think, you know, he, he's a good example, it seems to me, of somebody who needs somebody in the room to say, actually, you need to do that vocal again, or actually, that's not such a great idea. It's because true. So, you know, the ego and the reputation is, is so immense that he if I was him, I'd
2: be thinking, what do you know? I think there's a chemistry with a lot of bands. Yeah. And you can see it when they try and do solo careers. Not Sometimes it works, of course it does, but quite often, the band environment is quite critical. And I think that can work well.
1: Yeah, yes, it can.
2: It's a bit like when they put
1: supergroups together. Yeah. You know, all the greatest players ever. And yeah. it's, the music they make is kind of well, somewhat, you know. Um, so it's got it, it's got nothing to do with. It's a bit like when you're watching this, the tutoring stuff on the on the on the tube on the um on YouTube. And uh, it's great players aren't necessarily the route to great music.
0: Mm.
1: It's not necessarily I I'm, I'm not sure Buddy Holly knew what a flattened third was or what a, I mean. You know, whatever.
0: Right. You
1: know, do you know what I mean? It's 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 that it's that uh, simplicity that is really hard to hold on to. You know.
0: The trick. It's good to have people who will tell you the truth. It and, is, and a it lot is. of people don't have that.
2: No, no, my wife is pretty blunt with stuff. So uh, something I think is a good idea, she'll go. Well, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and I go. All right, okay. Yeah, all right. Whatever. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, and other times, so if she, she likes a track. That means quite a lot because she's she, she's got real um, sort of public ears. She she really just hears pop music. Mm. She doesn't. Really, I mean, I suppose her favorite artist is Michael Jackson, but other than him, she is totally open. She doesn't care where the music comes from. She either likes it or she doesn't. She's not driven by fads, by Brand. brands. Yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't do any social media. Wow. So, you know, so she just hears the music and the, and she either thinks, yeah, I really like that or I don't really like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like untainted eye a tainted ear for yes. what
2: yeah, yeah, it is and that's one of the things
1: that's difficult to hold on to when you're actually working in the studio which is to distance yourself from what you're hearing
0: mm-hmm. and
1: look at it objectively rather than get t- you know sort of involved in the, in the minutiae of it mm-hmm. um, and so that's why I, I guess producers are really valuable because they can sit back and see it differently from the artist yeah. that's actually producing. Absolutely, yeah.
0: As long as it's a producer that uh, respects and sees your vision Exactly. And i not, not trying to twist it into. Absolutely.
1: No, well, that's yeah. What, yeah. Absolutely.
2: Well, you can hear it on the radio. So many songs sound the same because yeah. it's, a, it's the same half dozen producers, same mm-hmm. half dozen writers, and the same three record labels. Yeah. You know, it's pretty depressing, really. I mean, that,
1: that, that, that what struck yeah. me when I first heard the, um, the Johnny Cash, one of the last few last Johnny Cash albums Rick Rubin, Rubin yeah. produced, he mm-hmm. under, it seemed to me he really understood Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. really understood. What the guy was about and what the, what, he, what his message was, if you like, what his sound was. And Trump, for me, those that, that album, particularly with Hurt and all that, is is absolutely mesmerising. It's brilliant. Um, and he subsumed his his own personal preferences to Johnny Cash, which is a producer's job. Yeah. But you're right. A lot of producers want to they have their vision, which they want to produce, uh, promote rather than the being yeah. the, the artist. Really.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. That's true, that's true. You'll see some of your favorite artists get started working with a new producer and something changes and it's like, yeah. oh, that's no good. No, exactly. Mm. It's, 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 <laughs> that, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yes, that's
1: really true. So don't talk, just kiss. We'll be on words and sound. Don't talk, just kiss. Let your tongue pull around. Let's pull around.
0: Oh, yeah. After these messages be right
2: back yeah. analog brewing winner of three awards at the 2020 alberta beer awards is a proud sponsor of the dope nostalgia podcast analog brewing is now offering delivery within the city of edmonton with no delivery fee on orders over 40 bucks go to analogbrewing.ca slash shop that's www.analogbrewing.ca slash shop and place your order today when placing an order, you could also pay it forward and take part in their Nurse a Pint program and prepay for a pint for a nurse. Mention this podcast in the order comments so they know we sent you. Analog Brewing, taking beer to the next level. Hello? Hey, who? What's up? Nothing, B. Just watching the game, having a bud. So, but you? Nothing. Watching the game, having a butt. True. True.
0: What's that?
1: What's up? Yo, who's that? Yo!
2: you pick up the phone. Hello? What's that? What's up? Yo, where's Dookie? Yo, Dookie. Du- hey! Yo! What's that? What's that?
1: Hold on.
0: Hello? (laughs)
2: So what's up, B? Watching the game, having a bud. True. True.
0: Tell me about finding out the day you found out you had a number one hit. What... Uh that's actually well, with, with, in, we, America. in America in yeah. America yeah billboard sure yeah Deep,
2: deeply deeply frightened yeah we we were <laughs> we went on holiday because um, we'd just been working uh, the single kicked off in Europe and so we'd been touring and promoting a lot. So in, I think in February 92, or January 92, we went to, no, not Marisha, went to St. Lucia, St. Lucia. Mm. <laughs> and um, it was pretty unpleasant actually, the people weren't, the hotel weren't particularly friendly and so anyway, the vibe was wrong, so we just decided to leave. So we, was, we, we just went to the airport, St. Lucia Airport, to wait for the first flight, uh, and the first flight was to Miami. Mm. So we were, we were there about five or six hours. And there was no one there. It was just us and um, some fra- couple of friends, and um, and the la- lady so behind the counter. And her phone starts to ring, and she—I can't remember who she asked for, but is um, a is a, a Yeah, I think she asked for a manager. So she said, "Is there a Tamsin or Rollins here?" So our Tamsin goes to the phone, and she starts almost crying. So we imagine maybe a relation has died, or I don't, I don't know. Well, we didn't—we we did not didn't know what to think. And then she and she starts to shake, and she said, "We've just got number one in America." And, uh, yeah, and we were just like, holy
1: fuck.
2: And because, you know, because also, we, you know, there was no budget. Uh, when we spoke, to, we were with Charisma, and they were, they, they were great with us, but they said we don't have, you know, they had financial problems at the time, if I remember rightly. And they said, there is no, we can release it, and we can keep our fingers crossed, but there's no promo budget. We can't go do the big TV ads, and, you know. And um, so and we had made the record with our own money, there was no record label, it was just an independent release. And suddenly this record's gone bonkers and it, and it went top 40 on import. And then, then Charisma picked it up and, and it just, it just it went up the charts quite slowly. And so we thought, well, you know, this is great, top 20. And then suddenly you see, well, there's something special about it, about number one in America. There's just something mm. very, very special about that. And as much as like we like being number one in the UK, that was great um, with Deeply Dippy. And other countries, but um, the, the thing in the U.S., I think it's because so mm. many other markets are affected by the U.S. Mm. I think that's what it is, and just the physical size of it. You yeah, know
1: exactly. Yeah, we came. Yeah. We came out of a, a diner in the middle of nowhere, um, in in, Texas, in, in yeah. Texas. Yeah, and we were walking. We just have breakfast or something in this diner, walking down the st- little sort of stairs, stair down to the, uh, the gravelly car park, and some bikers had arrived, some sort of Hell's Angels type bikers. And I, we had never seen Wayne's World, we didn't know anything about Wayne's World. But these guys suddenly got on their knees and started doing the We're Not Worthy thing when they saw us walking out of the diner. <laughs> what, what, are they, what are they doing? I didn't understand it. And that was when sexy Just won. One.
2: Yeah, it, it was good. I had some very fond memories um, of that period. Mm. Um, Partly, certainly, when we first went to America on the back of from Saint Lucia, because we weren't part of a, it was we hadn't gone there for promo, so we were just in Miami with about three or about three weeks off, and um, it was just a very. Cool time, and we hired a car, and um, uh, had a. I think we had a, ca- a, 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 um, a convertible, Thunderbird. Thunderbird, I think it was, or Firebird. Yeah. And um, also, and, and, and the following week, we were in the car when they was when they, when the DJ announced that we we're number one. Then, so driving through Miami in a convertible and hearing that your record was number one in America, that's also pretty cool as well. So we we were very, yeah, we we were. We were Kind of blown away by the uh, by the fact that, that it was just an independent record and and it just went mad, yeah,
0: yeah. I'd love to hear about what it was like to perform for the Queen.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was it was weird because it's it's a thing called the um, I mean, American audience may not know, but we have a thing called the Royal Variety Show. Royal I've heard Var- of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what it is, it's 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 that year's. It, you have you have the sort of established stars, then you have new arrivals. And and it's you know new comedians, new singers, new magicians, whatever. I'm sure the Queen hates it. And and the Queen, God bless her, sure sits in the you go you do it at the Royal Palladium, which is a about a, two and a half thousand, three thousand seater, it's a pretty well known uh, theatre in the, in the, in London, and it's, it's 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 part of our tradition. It's been going on for. Decades and decades. And we did that. And um, we we performed with the Muppets. but we us and the Muppets did this joint sort of thing. And that was quite a bit of fun. And then afterwards you have to stand all stand in a row. And the queen walks along with what's called an echo echo. Yeah. And that is her advisor, if you like. And obviously, she doesn't know everybody, she just can't. So he whispers in her ear as she as they as she walks oh, up yeah. And um, she she didn't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> we were, <coughs> and then she's and then she said, um, us. she said, Are you brothers? And Richard said, Well, that's what mum says, and she thought that was the funniest thing in the world. So the queen just roars with laughter, she's the funniest joke she'd heard. And she's tiny, she's a tiny little lady, but she was lovely. She was, it was a real, um, it was just a very nice moment to meet her, and she was very pleasant, S- spent time with us uh, ch- chatting, and yeah,
0: she just came across as a very nice, yeah. very nice little yeah, lady. Yeah, yeah. I- I've heard she has a fantastic sense of humor.
2: Yes, we're, we're, uh, Richard now lives in Windsor, where is the castle is. And the Queen spends a lot of time here. Mm. And um, we know people that, that know her personally. And uh, they say she's really witty and very, very amusing. Yeah, yeah. To A to guy yesterday, and, and um, there's a pub um, right around the corner
1: from, the, from the, uh, the castle. And the other day she was in there having a glass of sherry.
2: Mm. They have the guard in, standing in and they have the
1: guard standing outside to make, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a and share apparently, a I don't know what it's, that they say, this, I mean, I've, I have no direct experience of this, but they say there are four tunnels from the castle to various pubs. Yeah. Um, that they, that, yeah. Charles I started from Charles I, so they could visit their lovers and, they're, and have a quiet drink and all that kind of stuff without having to be seen. Yeah.
0: That is so cool. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, we know, we know a lot about royal culture here. I don't know if you were aware that I'm in Canada.
2: All so, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. No.
0: I'm in Canada. I wasn't sure if you were told. Um, so. So we we always get royal visits and.
2: Oh, of course, you're at Commonwealth. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Commonwealth.
2: Sorry, yeah. I just saw the different numbers come up and um, on the email we were sent and it had US, 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 US. So I got. To... Where well, Where in Canada are you?
0: Um. When I'm in Western Canada, in Edmonton. Oh, we played there oh, last we year. Played
2: there last year.
0: Which were you at the festival? Yeah, yes.
2: We played a festival last year. Yeah, we played Edmonton, Bourne, um, Cal- Calgary, Calgary. Mm. Yeah, a few. Years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we had, a, in fact, this, this time last year. It was about this time. Last it year. would have been. Yeah,
0: it was the summer festival there. Yeah, you know. yeah.
2: that yeah. was pretty really good fun. Yeah, it really was, good.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, good, good memories in Canada. Then I'm glad. Yeah. I
2: hope we, 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 we do. We really like Dennis.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, at, well, actually, at three in the morning.
1: Yeah, when, yes. we, when we first went in the Denny's, we went through the little booze and you can't move the chair and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't quite sure, but then it really grew on us and we found ourselves yeah. eating in Denny's most of the time. Yeah. 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 Deeply dip about the the you you Deeply hot, hot for the curves you got Deeply deep about the fun we had Deeply mad, mad for the fun we had Oh my
2: love, I can't make head nor tail of passion Oh my love, let's
1: set sail for seas of passion now About the way you walk A contact sport Let the neighbours talk Deeply, i behind your Superman I'll explain You're my lowest lane Oh, my love I can't make Head nor tail Of passion Oh, my love Let's set sail For seeds of passion Now
0: Right said Fred had a large role in bringing sexuality to the forefront with your music and the videos. Did you feel you championed uh, like gay rights issues and help people feel comfortable coming out at that uh, time?
2: I think Richard did. Yes, I, I think uh, I think coming out publicly in the in the ninety one, he came out on the front of the um, biggest or biggest newspaper in the UK, mm-hmm. and a lot of artists at the time who it was obvious they were gay, but they were refusing to say they were. And so Richard coming out very public and saying that he was um, made a huge difference, I think, to people. Um, and, I, and I think they felt supported. Um, um, in, in, in particularly, we got quite a few letters from people living in, living in the suburbs and living in small towns, not so much from the cities, but people who felt isolated or, or they didn't feel they were, they fitted in. Yeah, you got quite a few letters for Yeah, I, I
1: never, I could never really understand the, the the controversy around it. I couldn't. It was always a mystery to me mm-hmm. why it was such a big issue. I couldn't really understand it. And I think the thing that drove me to be more open was the fact that I've been with my partner, Stuart, who's sadly passed now. But at that time, I'd probably been with him for about fifteen or twenty years, and so I took our relationship very seriously. He taught me, he taught me uh, in a way. to to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And um, so it wouldn't have been right for him or to to him if I'd been, you know, shy about admitting where I was. It it would have undermined him as a person, I think. Um, So that, that, yeah, I think being with him changed. I think if I'd been single, I might have been a bit more closeted, I think. I think being with him forced me to take it seriously and and to be open, you know?
0: Do you think... That it's more, it was more of an American concept that people were closeted than it is, is in Europe. Do you think that people are more free with their sexuality? Depends well, where you are. I think it Depends, depends where people, you are?
2: Yeah, yeah, you go southern Italy is not very free at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same in southern Germany, um, parts of Spain. Uh, you've got to be a bit careful. Certainly eastern Germany. Mm-hmm. um has uh, it can have have its issues also the gay so you know, the gay thing the gay aspect of it was much more pronounced in america much mm-hmm. more
1: in it the, was in, in the uk country. it was much more family driven
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and i can remember on one occasion we did a, a show for a big radio station over here over, over here and we just finished and i was sitting in the car waiting to go and this guy father came striding across the green towards me, dragging his eight-year-old son, or his young son, you know, and I thought, oh my God, you know, this is it. I'm going to get into real trouble here. You know, you've been sexually arousing, blah, 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 in front of my son, and whatever it was. Uh I opened the window, a crack, and it turned out he was being really nice. He just said, it's so nice to have a performer talk about sexuality, if you like, or to be sexual without it being um, dirty, in a way, or threatening. Mm. Right, it it was, you know, why I'm too sexy is that, is the seaside postcard version of prince's cream. Mm. Princess cream was sex in a very earthy, very visceral way. Mm-hmm. are sexy is 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 sex in a very cartoon way. Um, and I and, and I think that's how we got up. I was got away with it. <laughs> I think
2: and the song is the mm-hmm. name. The song is making is, is making fun of being sexy. Of being sexy. Yeah. It's not it's no. not us thinking we're sexy. We're, no. we're making fun of people who think they're sexy.
0: Yeah. People, people who take themselves super seriously about yeah. how hot they are.
2: Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Some people, yeah, but I mean, but we've actually just written, we've got a new song, um, which will be on the next EP. And it's, it's sort of approaching that same subject, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a million miles from sexy in, 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 in its sound. It sounds very quirky. Um, and, and, and that's, I just find people how some people think being good looking is a really, 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 it's a huge burden <laughs> and this you know and, 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 and they're suffering you oh, know for god's sake oh, yes. <laughs> you know yeah so it's, yeah so, so that's what the so sexy was about that it was about that hedonism and yeah. self-indulgence you but, know? but in the uk it was more of a family the appeal of the band and that song
1: was, was family driven really mm-hmm. and it was only when we went to america that the gay thing became such a big um, such a big issue. I, it wasn't until we got there that it really struck me as being uh, as being a, a thing. In yeah. fact, in the UK, we were booked into a lot of gay gay clubs and stuff at the very beginning because um, our record label just assumed we would have a huge gay following, and we had to cancel. Them yeah, because we just we were dying a death in these gay clubs. But oh. the minute we went to a, a straight club we where did. it was just mixed of women, with it, yeah. it was fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: interesting. Ah. Huh. Yeah no America was definitely i think in a different place yet yeah, we America's always in a different place <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as we can tell right now right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yes i mean when we we we, we did um, we played in canada 92 we did quite a few different shows there and stuff and we the rate thing wasn't an issue at all so no not really. i don't i don't remember it being no. disgusting even we we spent quite a lot of time in toronto and uh, i don't remember it being an issue yeah, it's, it's, no, so I'm forgetting no. something, but yeah, no. yeah the, the, the states it, they kind of uh, yeah they made a big deal out of it. Yeah.
0: Canadians are more open and more free, you know, just to be who they are and express themselves. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: It was never it never struck me as a as a, as a big issue, no, particularly. No. And I I I think partly it's if you come across as a as a um, sort of you know deeply political, um, almost like an agitator, somebody who. Goes to gay books stores, only reads gay books, only watches gay films. Only goes to go gay- if you're that kind of gay person, I think it can wind people up. Um, but it's it, to, to me, it's just it, who people sleep with has got absolutely nothing to do with the work they do, the way they sound, the way they look. It's just a tiny part of their life.
2: Mm. It's, it's mm-hmm. not.
1: It doesn't define me any more than not having hair defines me. I don't. You know, just yeah. I mean.
2: It's you know, It's just yeah. it's just a small part of what I am. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's good. I mean, I was going to bring up the Madonna thing because I read that she once yeah. said in an interview that she wanted to sleep with Richard. Did yes, you? Sure. Did you ever meet her?
1: No, she's a woman of great taste.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and
1: poor eyesight and poor eyesight. <laughs> Macular degeneration <laughs> in the elder woman. Um, that, that, I've never met. I've always thought. Um, not so much now, but there was a time when I thought if you could get her in a bar and put a few drinks down and she'd be a really good fun to talk to and and and, and, be, and lower her guard. But it seems to me that in recent years her guard has gone so, so high, up <laughs> that you wouldn't ever get past it. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy on um, <laughs> I can't remember his name now. I think, oh, I think it's um, some Stein, um, Stein. there's a journalist who works out of Canada. He's actually Canadian, I think. You could always tell with Madonna when she's in a bad mood because she wears her hat at a tilt. (laughs) She wears a berry at a slight angle. (laughs) Uh, That's how you tell that she's being serious, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I never did. Mm That's very very
0: sweet. Where would you tell someone someone someone? to visit who is a tourist in your hometown?
2: Where where would you tell them to go?
0: Yeah, where (laughs) would you tell visitors to come to visit?
2: Uh, Well, if they were here in in, uh, Windsor, then they'd have to go to the castle, yeah, mm. because it is it is quite it's a remarkable building. Um, and if but if they, if they were in just the UK, I would tell them to go to um, the Yorkshire Moors, yeah, because they're beautiful, and Scotland, Scotland because it's truly magnificent. Um, and um, in terms of London, um, then search out old London. Don't go. You need to go to the city. You need to go. And and um, 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 in uh, uh, what's what's the Tower of London? Yeah, what's the um, Chancery Lane and and Lincoln's Inn? That's and and you need to go, that's kind of where it starts. You're going to and Soho used to be great. I mean, it's been been cleaned up, up it's been ruined, yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
2: and 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 you know, Chelsea, Kensington, all those places are relatively new compared to old London when you uh, uh, London originally was east. Oh,
1: yeah, so you need to start, you need to, that, East London is where the interesting stuff is. Yes, that's, uh, and that's where yeah. that's
2: where you see, you know, uh, where where, um, where the hangings were or where very just very famous landmarks that go back to Henry VIII and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you don't really want to be going down o- o- Oxford Street or... No, no, it's, just, it's like, just like anywhere else. It's just like anywhere else. Yeah, right?
0: exactly. I have to visit London. It's on the bucket list. I have. Yeah. To- yeah. It's a great city. it is it, yeah. a wonderful it's, city, it's a city
2: but it's horribly expensive and uh, and it's horribly busy yeah, yeah.
1: not at the moment <laughs> not at the moment yeah. No,
0: it'll be a while
2: it'll but. be a while though. yeah it, yeah. Will,
1: it this will this will this will go yeah this will go
0: who have you met in the business that taught you the most that was like like an idol to you that excited you to meet
2: um i think, I, I think Bob, Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. um, just just because the guy's he's not so much a performer, but he's just um, he's very he's, he's very in touch with who he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we we just worked with Mick Jagger, and watching him rehearse was interesting yeah. because he focuses very very much on his on his on his body language because um, he vocals he seems to almost rehearse separately, and so where the camera was where he was on stage was what was the main purpose of his, of the rehearsals. It was kind of what they, in, in, when it's interviewed, in, in acting circles, they call it blocking. So you know where you're gonna be at a certain point in the song. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never seen anyone do that before. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of, um, in terms of touring and just, you know, just, just the industry, it's more sort of casual conversations you, we've had with people who, not so much famous, but just doing it for a long time. And you just have to, you know, stay in touch with who you are. And, and that's why we made the decision to stay independent, all the stuff I talked about before. Because um, I just, when I watched some artists, I couldn't stand to be them. I, you know, as, as for all their money, for all their success, I would go insane living that life. And um, <coughs> so I, so, so, uh, particularly when we started, we, we turned with a guy called Wally Versa. And Wally was a tour manager for Queen
1: Mm -hmm. and Guns
2: and Roses, and And we learned a lot off Wally because he was—he spoke to us in a very blunt way. No show, no dough. Yeah, and and he was (laughs) just—and we we because we were very tired and touring. We used to we we acted up sometimes, and he would not entertain any of that bullshit. Mm -hmm. It was this is a job. Show your respect to you know, the interviewer, the radio station, they've asked you along, don't be a prick, do as you know, and, and, and we learned that uh, from him, because you can get your head right up your backside yeah, thinking, you you're a, thinking you're a star. And, um, and he was good, he was good for that position. But we haven't, in terms of watching other artists. Um, it's more to do with, for
1: me, it's more to do, when, when we like uh, met Paul McCartney or Bowie or whatever, you realize they're actually just people.
0: Yeah. That's what, they're, they're just people.
1: Yeah. You know you know, Paul McCartney. Charlie Watts is, is 80 now. 79. 79. <laughs> um, and he's just, he's an old, he's just a bloke. You know, and he's, a, and he's a great drummer, and he's a bloke. And Paul McCartney's a great songwriter and he's a bloke. And the, the, it's, you know, that, that working with David Bowen for a few videos and stuff, and you just see the, he's just a guy making a living as a musician.
2: That's but but they're, they're focused, and they... But they're focused, and, you know. We did, some show, we did some shows with James Brown, and he was just, he, he knew... He knew who James Brown was more than anybody else. else, He knew exactly what he had to do. He knew how the way he didn't go on and think, oh, what what should I do today? I know some artists would be like that, but he was absolutely focused. Uh, He knew what the old audience wanted. He knew what what he wanted to give them. And it was, watching him was interesting. But but, but most of our advice and learning has come from people on the other side of the industry, like tour managers and... um, uh, not managers so much, but it's people who are experienced just in the industry, and they and and are, who and are, who aren't afraid to speak to you. in A very some people just want to kiss ass because they want to be on the good side, but people who are confident they'll just say, "You can't do this. You can't you can't turn up drunk and do that. That wow. is just crap." And so you, so yeah, we, we 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 learned a lot on that tour. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm glad that there's tour managers and and people in places that do, that aren't just yes men.
2: So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. yeah. we we have a term out at the moment. Um, a lady called Claire, and she speaks to us still fairly bluntly. Yeah. And if and if we're you know if if we've drunk too much or we're being a bit I don't know whatever selfish, she she she'll tell us pretty pretty quickly, and that's fine. And we, we actually appreciate that. If we wanted to ask you, so we know loads of them, so yeah. we can we hire them. But uh, it's, it's it's good to work with people who are uh, who, who stand their ground. You know. Yeah, and also, and also,
1: learning your learning your place within the um, the equation. You know, the we wouldn't be able to do a show without Claire. We wouldn't be able to do the show without our ta- our sound mind. Uh, it's guys. a team. Yeah. It is a team. It's a team. And um, the minute you lose that sense of where you are in in the in the equation, mm. and then you're lost.
2: You you are just part of a part of a bigger picture. Yeah, p- pissing off your crew. Yeah, is a really bad idea. Yeah, it's, it's like important. A, it's like walking into a restaurant calling the the, the chef and arsehole and then they're, they're, they're asking for some food. <laughs> yeah. You know, it won't go well. No. <laughs> exactly. no. Um that's the same. If you you, know, you piss off your crew and you walk out on stage and expect things to go well, you, you'll you'll probably come unstuck. Yeah. You yeah.
0: Know. What causes do you support? Well causes? Oh, yeah. actually quite a lot. Mm. Um we um let
2: me think we 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 do like monthly subscriptions to things just in terms of Um, that sort of involvement so asthma and a a stroke Mm. association Uh, we do quite a lot of homelessness stuff um, because I had to register homeless in 88 88. 88. 88. Um, that's a pretty scary unpleasant experience and um, and also we do a lot with cancer Richard's partner had cancer close friends have died from cancer it's just yeah, it's just so miserable so we do what we do a, we do a, mar- a marathon every year and i think us the, the marathon itself has raised 10 million now which is pretty cool um and what else do we do um we do some other just bits and pieces where people have we're involved at the moment in um there's a guy's got a charity and he's feeding the vulnerable and and um sort of isolated because of the current situation right. so we've just signed the guitar sent it to him he's auctioned that um and then richard helps out the lo- lo- helps out at a local old people's home uh, goes down there and you know delivers food and and papers and chats with the old people and stuff um so yeah we try and do those sort of things yeah. um so sometimes it's just money and other times it's um Top time.
1: Yeah, yeah. We
2: try and stay away from charity events because they're normally just vanity gigs for the promoters. Right. And they're normally very badly organized. So we don't, we don't do that.
0: And I find Sue, a lot of the money doesn't get where it needs to be. Absolutely.
2: Right.
1: No, absolutely.
2: Yep. Okay. We, we learned that the hard way. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we, we don't do charity events. I'd, I'd rather just hand over some money or go and do something that's closer to our hearts. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I want to say after our conversation, I do have a couple more questions, but I have so much respect for the both of you from where you're coming from, with how you treat people and the way you look at music and and your work ethic. I just have utmost respect, so. Thank you, thanks. Um, What food item, clothing item or toy, anything makes you nostalgic for the 90s? Oh. Takes you back, takes you back.
2: Okay, for the 90s. (laughs) Baggy jeans. Yeah, jeans that I used to wear um, jeans that had the, that were the same width at the bottom as they were at the top. <laughs> <laughs> <That was laughs> yeah, because now it's all skinny. And yeah. so these were sort of like yeah. much, more, almost like what used to be called bell bottoms, but not quite. But they're quite baggy. Yeah. That um, and da- certain types of dance music makes me nostalgic. Yeah. There's a ter- certain type of house music mm. that, that, um, that has. A, there's a certain keyboard sound, which I think is the M- M1. M1 keyboard, and um, it, that makes me really nostalgic. Um, food. Food. It's mum's cooking, I think. I think home cooking. I think mum's yeah. home cooking.
1: Like we used to get, mum used to do um, uh, fairy cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny little round sort of sponge cakes with the icing and a cherry on the top. And oh. it's, that, it's that kind of stuff that you never get. Once your mum's gone, nobody ever does that for you. No, it's true. So, uh, so true. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, so I, that's the kind of thing I suppose I think of. And also, mum used to do, <laughs> when I look back, mum used to make spaghetti bolognese, which we'd have, so I don't know, once a week. But the sauce was always just full of stuff that we hadn't eaten the night before. <laughs> 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 so you'd have spaghetti bolognese with sprouts. yeah, <laughs> Or yes. spaghetti bolognese with peas or whatever you know. That's very traditional. Yeah. So I, it's that kind of home life yeah. stuff. Yeah. The,
2: um, yes, I think so. There's, I can't think of a toy or, um, no, toys. no. Um, I think, yes, I used to like some of the, I used to like, um, the, 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 there was a rollover from the 80s into the 90s in terms of fashion. Mm. And I quite liked some of the, the, these sort of the glam aspect of that. So you'd have a, you know, um, let's try and think of an artist. You'd have the, um, Um, I'm trying to think of someone sort of the rollover from like maybe Michael Jackson or some of the dance stuff that was happening um, and and some of the um, what's the word I'm looking for it was more a bit bit more entertainment based and bands like KLF their their videos with um, the one they did with um, Tammy Wynette Mm, (coughs) that song yeah yeah, great record and uh, so I'm sort of a little nostalgic for that stuff mostly sounds I think more than more than fashion but there's there's a couple of fashion things so, and the, the side pony that girls used to wear i think that a went. Into, side yeah they're the side oh,
0: yeah, the the
2: yeah. yeah there's the a side pony. i think that went into the 90s yeah with, with, um, the,
0: with the big bangs in the fronts and then yeah, the yeah pony.
2: big bangs <laughs> yep and well, now it's the top knot. oh yeah you know, the guys have got the top mop. yeah no, yes right the, um, yeah the guys were, and, and
1: it's one of those things where you know you'll get some 20 year old walking around with a top mop and, and he'll look back when he's 50 and you will see pictures of himself when he's 20. And I think, what on earth was I doing to my hair? It's a bit like the mullet. It's like the mullet, you know. But you know, when I look back to some of the stuff I used to wear, my God, I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, it's I don't know how I, yeah. Yes,
0: oh. I, I think we've all done that. Look at the old oh, pictures. Exactly. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, exactly. Good.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Well, when is the release of the EP? When can we uh, really? expect to hear it?
2: Yeah. June 19th, it's on all it uploads to Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, just all across all, all platforms. Yeah okay,
0: great. Well we'll be putting out the episode a little bit after that, and then I'll be able to share some of those clips of the songs for people. And okay. then and then we can direct them to go get the music.
2: Fantastic. That would be fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Very much appreciated. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And thank you for your time today. It was, pleasure. It was brilliant. It's
2: a pleasure. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Have a good day. Thanks a lot.
0: Yeah. You too. Take care.
2: Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Times, everybody, the EP is out now. So make sure you go find it on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, you know, all the places you can find music, go get it. We've got to hear some of the tracks from the album today. So hey, it's great. They're still making amazing music. I am not going to play a clip of I'm Too Sexy because you don't need a clip of I'm Too Sexy when you've already heard it so many times, right? You know where to find it. I wanted to share some of the uh, other tunes with you from Right Said Fred today. And I want to thank Richard and Fred for being amazing guests. Weren't they fun and intelligent? And they just knew so much about the business. And I'm glad they shared that time with us today. Next episode coming up for next week, we are going to not even talk about a music artist per se. We're going to talk about a music show that was a very big deal in the 80s and into the 90s on CBC was called good rockin tonight and i spent time chatting with the host during the 90s era of good rockin tonight because in the 80s it was terry david mulligan and then he handed the reins over to Stu jeffries Stu jeffries will be talking with me next week on the show and we're going to talk about all those days and all the fun interviews he had and what made good rockin tonight so very special you guys take care out there and we will talk to you soon Hit up our Instagram, Dope underscore Nostalgia. You like Twitter better? That's cool. Nostalgia Dope. Or shoot us an email, Dope Nostalgia Podcast at gmail.com. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work. Let's watch something as a casual movie review podcast starring Anthony. And Jack. Everyone loves hearing industry professionals talking about their craft. That's not us. We're just a couple of movie lovers. A couple of nerds. Talking about movies. So come join us on Let's Watch Something. With Anthony and Jack. Anchor.fm slash LWS. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's watch something. Let's watch something. Let's watch something. Let's watch something. Let's watch something.